Hello, listeners. My name's Luke Curdenine. I'm Golf Digest's play editor, and I've got an exciting update for you. Golf Digest is launching a new podcast hosted by me called Golf IQ. We discuss all things game improvement on the Golf IQ pod, and if you're a golf nerd, you're going to love it. Our goal is simple, to make nerdy nuggets of information easy to understand to help us all become smarter, better golfers. So search Golf IQ and subscribe wherever you get your pods. We're looking forward to seeing you. By the way, he disagreed with CP and now he insulted Tom Hoagie. That's strike two. One more, you're out. Tommy Cables, you're insulting him. In baseball, there's three strikes and you're out. It's a game we play in America. (laughs) Similar to cricket, probably. Welcome back to The Loop. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Steve Hennessy and Christopher Powers. We've got a fun show today. We are ready to talk about the Players' Championship 2023. Scotty Scheffler's latest dominant victory as he reclaims world number one. And to help us break that all down, who better than a former world number one, former Players' Champ, David Duvall. Have a listen to our chat with David Duvall. We're thrilled to welcome in the 2001 Open champion, a 13-time PGA Tour winner, former world number one, David Duvall. David, thank you for joining the show today. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate your time. Uh, David, Scotty Scheffler obviously uh, wins the players by five shots. You're a former players champ, 1999. What, what was that like watching what Scotty did at TPC Sawgrass yesterday, kind of just running away from the field? How, how impressive was that performance uh, as someone who, who knows, you know, that golf course so well? Well, it's a, it's a, you know, it, it happens every now and again at TPC Sawgrass, but not a ton. It, it's, it's different. It's difficult to. All right. So we got cut off with David Duvall. That was it. Uh, we, we actually promise to have him back on the show next week when we'll talk a little more than hopefully the one question um, he was in transit, obviously, and uh, so anyway, we also had another guest, by the way, should point out that fell through because of another crazy occurrence. Hopefully we'll get him back on. But let's just say it was a free NFL free agent who got signed, apparently, when we were supposed to be talking to him. Obviously, the call fell through and that people anyway. think this gig is so glorious yeah. and, you yeah. know, all it's, you know rosy. But this is the life you, you try to get a guest, you send multiple emails and yep. credit to David Duvall. He was, we should mention he was on our meeting and one of us didn't have the ability to record said yes. meeting. Yes. So we, it was totally our fault, not David's fault. That is um, true. But we were told that he will join us next week. But yeah, I mean, trying to get a, a good guest and we've had such good guests trying to keep that up. It, it's tough. This is the yeah. life we live. Right. It's not as easy as we make it look. What's yeah. I mean, exactly. it, it's, it's a tough gig. It's a grind out there. Uh, it's a grind out there. We, we do get great guests. Uh, sometimes we're, we're begging and clawing and scratching. Um, and we have a, we do have a great guest now. We have a feeling. Uh, <laughs> Luke Curdenin of Golf Digest. Uh, I, I believe making his loop podcast debut, at least. Uh, My Luke, how's it going? It's well, going well. And can I just say, it's such an honor to be welcomed <laughs> onto the show with five minutes of talk of <laughs> guests that fell, that fell through. Yeah. Right. Distinguished I was, yeah. 
I was so excited. I was like, oh, the boys want me. You know, I'm ready. Call me off the bench. He's been ready. Oh, yeah, you've been waiting for this. So and then, <laughs> we have been saying that we have wanted yeah, you on we, we have, for we have, a while. We have. We gave this, you the is the, this is the equivalent to like we we ran into you at the store. We had like two cases of beer, and you're like, "What are you guys doing?" You're like, <laughs> "Come if you want. You can come hang. Yeah, hang. Have a few." And you came. That was nice of you. That's yeah. right. It only, oh, took, it only took the stars aligning on every other guest, including David Duval yeah. and some footballer to a good company. To <laughs> some footballer, American football, American football, American footballer. Football. Uh, he's only one of the, the best athletes on the planet, but you know, no, you know, but anyway, no, um, that's great, Luke. It's great to have you. Um, so let's talk about the players because, you know, honestly, uh, Chris, you were down there the whole week, another magnificent job by you as always covering the event boots on the ground. Love to see it. Um, you know, Scotty, you know, he kind of put this thing to bed on, on Sunday. I, call, I was calling him Scotty Snoozler. He, he puts the field to sleep, uh, not only with, you know, the dominant win, but he's also, you know, he's not the most exciting guy, let's be honest. Uh, but just an amazing player, amazing guy. What CP, what were you most impressed by? And like, at what point in the week did you think this was going to be Scotty Scheffler's week? Because it's kind of amazing. He ended up winning by so much. I did think, I think when play shut down on Friday and he was like mm -hmm. four under, it felt like, you know, that it was like a name, a leaderboard of, yes. I don't want to be rude, but, you know, absolute no names, at least to the casual golf fan. Minwoo became this great, you know, yep. personality, like overnight. I think that's awesome. Yep. Uh, it's very cool that that stuff happens um, in big time events. But yeah, it was just, I mean, some of the names were, were pretty shocked talking to see up there that's kind of what this course does every year mm -hmm. um so i think friday when he was five under and play shut down i definitely felt like this probably was scott and there was no good players like even yeah uh, a lot of them did end up making the cut i think we all thought they were going to miss the cut after you know basically abolishing it next year but uh, a lot of them did end up making it you know thomas made it on the number uh spieth made it but they just weren't in uh in the vicinity of Scotty. And then obviously Max and, and Hatton ended up getting there, but uh, yeah, impressed by Scotty, very boring. My takeaway was kind of more like, I don't know. I feel like um, there's been so many of these elevated events recently that have, that have gone so well that I think um, this one just didn't feel, it felt like, you know, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but it just felt like it wasn't, it didn't have the same pop as, as the last few. And yeah. I don't know if that's because there's been that's too many in the right. early part of the season. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, Luke, we're going to let you talk, I promise. So I'll let you talk here. What uh, do you, yeah, is there anything to the fact, you know, we've got all these designated events now. They've definitely given some of the bigger events even more juice. But was, you know, four out of five, was that maybe too much of an overload here, Luke, where like it's kind of, you know, you, you want the players to shine on its own. But like CP said, it's kind of at the end of this really busy stretch. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't know, I guess I disagree a little bit with Powers because I sort of feel like the elevated events are, support, are supposed to feel like something between a regular tour event and a major, right? But then you talk to the players and they don't really say that, you know, like even though there's more money, they, you know, they're not thinking about the waste management as something that's notably bigger than everything else, you know, even though it comes with it a, a bigger paycheck. So to me, they just don't really feel that different you know like the waste management for instance has its own little identity the players has its own little identity but it it doesn't quite feel like it has like a point of differentiation between 
everything else on the schedule. And I think that's why they're starting to just blur and blend together a little bit. Um, you know, I, I don't know. That's that, that that's kind of been my takeaway on some of these elevators. But like, I, I think in some ways they just kind of half-assed it a little, right? They didn't fully lean into the thing they're trying to do. Mm. Um, you know, if they did, they'd make one of these, uh, you know, th- they'd make one of them like a match play or they'd make one of them 20-man fields or they'd make right. one of them, you know, they'd do all sorts of different actual structures to the way the tournament is right. uh, conducted in order to in order to prevent the overload that we're talking about here. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. I, I will say the one thing, this tournament, and again, you know, 17, it gets beaten to death. But because of the drama on 17 and 18, and 16, obviously, with the ability to make a, a three there, um, you know, the, even when Scotty Scheffler's got the five-shot lead, you're like, well, I got to watch him play 17, 18. There's no other tournament where you'd even be watching the end of it. So for some reason, I do feel like this does have its own identity because of the course. And um, and and it does feel different. And and you're right, CP, the leaderboard usually isn't the best. I mean, you look last year, it was Anabar and Lahiri was runner up to Cam Smith. I mean, you can go back. There's always like some crazy person finishing runner up or top three, um, you know, but um it's to me, it still does feel different, but, but it is, it is kind of funny that after this great run of events with the leaderboards that we, we didn't have a great one, Steve. Yeah. I mean, the, to your point, the players has always been like the best field in golf. And this year it kind of it lost that because of all these live right. guys, whereas the majors are going to have, yes, you know, all of those guys. So even before it started, it kind of lost a little of its identity. And then to have such a clunker of a weekend, yeah, I I'm with UCP. This this felt like a dud, and yeah, I mean, I was with my buddies, casual sports fans. We had the conference championships games on on Sunday. We were obviously watching that since you know this was kind of a, a snooze fest, especially gaming gambling wise. If you didn't have Scheffler, so yeah. uh, but that's what this course does. Um, you know, it, it could it could get fluky with the results. Rory missing the cut. Rom getting a little, you know, tummy ache or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I mean, is it is what it is. It's a lot of great golf in a big period. So now it feels like, you know, there's a little bit of a break before yeah. the masters and the last match play of, of That's right. our time perhaps. So, yeah. well, yeah. I don't know. I feel like one thing that golf just isn't very good at is like forcing matchups or match like matchups between guys. Right. Like yeah. it, granted Scottish Sheffield kind of ran away with this, but part of the reason why they're trying to shrink fields is because what we they want they they know what golf fans want and what golf fans want is they they want to see like Victor Hovland take on Max Homer blow by blow down the stretch right mm-hmm. like they want these like moments that you remember they want like a JT Spieth battle they want a Rory Spieth battle they want all these things the problem is when the events start getting so big and the courses get a little weird and throwing some elements and some fluky side of the draws that you start getting. Like, all due respect to, you know, Tom Hoagie or whatever, but he starts just clogging up the top of the leaderboard, right? Like, in in, in that sense. He gets in between, like, two, two, three of the guys that prevent them from having that matchup. So I think that in some ways, while that's great in a, on a week-in, week-out basis, in some ways, I would like, I kind of like the direction the tour's going with these elevated events where they're trying to condense the field down a little bit because it just increases the likelihood that we're going to get those really cool mano-a-mano style showdowns between guys. 
That's interesting. By the way, he disagreed with CP and now he insulted Tom Hoagie. That's strike two. Tommy Cables, you're insulting him. In baseball, there's three strikes and you're out. It's a game we play in America. (laughs) Similar to cricket, probably. (laughs) I was actually going to ask Luke when when Steve said he was watching conference championships with his buddies. What sport is he talking about? I honestly don't even know what. Take a guess. It's it's not American football. Think about the month in is March. Oh, I know, I know March Mad. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, we're talking yeah, about yeah. This is not a bit, okay. folks. Luke. This is not a bit. I've 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 realized too that there's this. I mean, golf schedule may be overloaded, but it seems like American sports has like a weird gap because there was yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. And like, but baseball hasn't started. Somebody was telling me. Yeah, but basketball. Yeah. You somebody. This is, somebody Luke, was telling you. This Luke, is the best time. It's snowing today. How would they play baseball? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best time of year. I will go to the grave on that. We have March Madness peak. And, you know, if you're a big college basketball fan like I am, I went to the Big East tournament two nights last week. And now right into March Madness, leading up to the Masters, it does not get better than this, Luke. You when does like, the basketball. NBA have its, like, No one cares finals. about the NBA. No one, no one Steve, is, Steve is crazy here. Way Ooh. more care about the nba but uh, well no i mean this is when that starts too like next yeah this year. is when you start to care about the nba hockey like playoffs will be on. Hockey, i know for you hockey yeah. uh, luke to answer your question the playoffs in the nba don't start till april after march madness is over but it's it's yeah this is college basketball's time to shine for yeah. sure so uh we get we get a little break here by the way speaking of basketball i'm wearing my knicks hat i was gonna say that um i was so proud slash embarrassed by my mushing powers that I went to that Knicks game when they had a nine game winning streak. Only game I've gone to all year. They're playing the Hornets, 10 point favorites. They they're up double digits the whole game and they lose. So I was like, wow, I'm the biggest mush ever. And then, and then CP reminded us that he is the King mush. It was a masterclass in mush. He did a fantastic video that we talked about last week. Check it out. Although it's, it's dated now, but check it out about the players championship. And one of the things he pushed was a, I don't think he really wanted to, but whatever. He kind of got talked into it. A prop bet on that there wouldn't be a hole-in-one at the players. Now, the second group that got to 17, they made a hole-in-one. The second group. And then and then another one happens. And then on Sunday, we're all going crazy on a third one happening. And CP's like, stop. Was that a one? We're like, yeah. He had just been at the hole. So, like, he even he, – he his hexing powers are so strong – that he like affected when the holes in one would happen. What happened? You missed the hole in one by like a minute. I was following our boy, Patrick Cantlay, who was in the group right ahead. Um, so I went to the AT&T with him. He, he was playing. Okay. This was Saturday when, when Aaron Rye made it. Right. No, I think it was I Sunday. Think, no, that was Saturday. Oh, you because missed, yeah. Why would you I be following thought, Cantlay on Sunday? He was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, I still okay. thought he had so this Someone was Aaron Rye, the second one, fine, which was by yeah. far the best one because it was Saturday. Everybody's juiced up. The place goes right. nuts. I was yeah. li- Canley's literally standing over the ball, and I was like right to the right of the tee, and it happens, and Canley like steps off, and he goes, "Is that a one?" And I'm like, I literally was just standing <laughs> behind the green. And then Sunday, I went out. You know, Homa starts his thing, so I go, "I w- I would love to handle Homa. He's gonna say something good. He's probably gonna post a number." He did that last year when I went and saw him at Chili's at the Jacksonville airport. Um, so I go out to 16 and he 
bricks like a four footer for birdie and then he makes and then he hits into the water on 17 so i killed that story you killed him <laughs> and then so, so, so then i had this like idea i'm gonna do this homo story that gets killed on 17 i go into the media center and miss hatton hitting like the top one of the top five shots of his life from from the pine oh. straw if i just stayed on the hole that's yeah. where walk up inside the ropes in the pine. I would have been standing right there. So I missed. Right I killed Cam Young on Saturday as well when he was well, going to shoot the Luckily for Hatton, you weren't there because that shot got him like well, an yeah, probably million dollars. Yeah. That, that was an amazing shot. Yeah. Uh, and it was, and I guess at the time you kind of thought maybe 12 under maybe. or something, but I mean, come on, it's Scotty oh. Shepard. I mean, he's not going to, he was four, he was 14 under, I think at that point, or at least 13, he wasn't going to shoot over par the rest of the way. I mean, geez. Um, I know Luke was probably, you know, his Brits thought, thought that. Yeah, yeah, I thought Terrell, no, my eyes are on the Ryder Cup prize. And this is a big week in that regard for, for Terrell. Man, we need, we need somebody in the middle of the order to really step yeah, up here. <laughs> he's really he's really good. I mean, I saw it was some strokes gain stat on on Data Golf. I forgot since when the beginning of maybe it was just the beginning of this year or the beginning of last year, but I think he was like number six overall. And no, I mean that's pretty amazing behind obviously the the big guns, and then you know you got like a Max Homa, and then him basically are, are the next the next guys. Um, what else should we talk about with the players? Obviously, Scheffler is. I, I don't even know what to say anymore. He's, he's, you know, it's amazing because Rom obviously had this run and we were, Rory had the run to end the last year. Then Rom had the run. We're like, all right, they're clearly the best. Rom's clearly the best. Scheffler though, if you take the, the last 15 biggest events, he's won six of them. And I don't know if McElroy Rom have even, Rom has won two of them, I guess. Um, I'm not even sure if McElroy has won any of them. Uh, I'm talking because the tour championship he won, obviously there was only 30, 30 guys. Um, he won CJ cut, which is pretty big, but I don't know if that's top 15 though, if that would crack the top 15 in terms of field strength in the last, anyway, regardless, Sheffler's won six of them and you know, he's won a major in the masters and a half a major or whatever in the players and Robin Murray didn't win any majors last year. So he's the guy, I mean, I'm sorry. It's kind of ridiculous. Luke, give us, your Scotty Scheffler take, I think we keep waiting for him. We keep talking about this as like he's on this heater. And honestly, I wanted to talk to David Duvall about that, about getting on a heater, because obviously he was on a heater for two or three years. Oh, like an, like an all-time all heater. Right. Duvall, yeah. and, so, and, you know, we've seen these other guys do it for like a year. You know, Jason Day or Dustin Johnson, um, Jordan Spieth. Rory's had a couple of them. And now you have Scheffler. Luke, why does everybody think that Scheffler's kind of like this flash in the pan. Is it because of the weird swing? I mean, what, what's going on? It's so funny. Like, he he sort of does things in like a slightly, I mean, vanilla way. And I mean that to his credit, right? Like, he's not number one in strokes gain approach, but he's number right. one in greens and regulation. To me, it's like perfect encapsulation of, of the kind of thing that Scotty Scheffler does well, right? He's yeah. just kind of plodding along. I, I know this is, sounds like intangible and weird. And I'm thinking back to the Masters last year where he was world number one and his press conference was like not really that well attended because no one yeah. could quite believe it right. it's just in some ways like ram has such a like a confrontational alpha mentality in some of the ways rory is kind of always in the headlines scotty Sheffield is just so like chilled out you know in and, and I, I know that's such a boring analysis but 
man, I just can't help but think that seeps through into the into the public psyche a little bit. You know, he's not really like this a guy who stares down his competitors and really wants to win them, but he really wants to win over them because he wants to like prove something. He just kind of goes about his business, kind of plugs along. Um, I guess the only thing I'd say too is he did kind of cool off, relatively speaking kind of the second half of last year. So maybe it's a bit like Homer tends to play well out West. Like mm -hmm. maybe it's a time of year thing mm -hmm. where he just comes back from whatever off season he has refreshed a little sharper and just rockets and then begins to cool off a little bit, probably as the putter cools off too. But yeah, yeah some combination of both those, a little, se yeah. he's a little seasonal and then he's just very <laughs> unassuming, I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, like Rory's swing is so like, even if you don't know too much about golf, you know it's like so powerful and you're watching like one of the most elite drivers of the golf ball you've seen. Scheffler, it's like tough to imagine that that swing is like is producing the best golf in the world, I think, to the casual right. fan. And then like to me, he's very much like Jordan Spieth golf wise in the fact that like they get themselves in trouble, but he just has such a knack for being clutch and making this magic happen Scheffler and Spieth was the same way at the height of his powers I think the difference is Spieth gives us a little like of his personality on the course like I think that's what draws people in and him talking to Greller and like you know it seems like he's pretty open whereas Scotty's just like you know he's laughing and he's like very all-American ho-hum you know big religious guy I mean yeah almost, I think... he's almost got like a DJ thing about yeah. him when it comes to like like almost uninterested in the questions themselves but, he, but he's like not cool dj like yeah, DJ yeah. Is like the cool a guy smarter nerdy yeah, like dj if dj was like a dad you know? right, right. <laughs> well he is a dad but, you well, know, he is a dad, but like, I, like a dad dad yeah a suburb dad dad right yeah um, dj without the extracurriculars yeah, exactly <laughs> but one thing that's amazing about scotty scheffler is that sometimes i feel like this time last year it was like wow, Scotty Scheffler's on a heater. Everything he touches turns into gold. It's clearly happening again this year. But there are times like at the waste management and even this past weekend where like off the tee, he's kind of like a little squirrely, right? Yeah. He's not really hitting every fairway. He's kind of hitting, hitting some pulls occasionally, which is his miss. But he'll just kind of plod along, get himself out of these troubles, which is kind of alarming when you think this guy may not even be playing his best right now. And yeah. he's, he's kicking everybody else's off. Yeah, no, but it is funny because a year ago, you're right. When we were going into the Masters, it was like, yeah, he's on a nice little run, but like he's number one in the world. But like no one was predicting him to win the Masters. And now a year later, I still feel like no one's going to predict him to win the Masters. Like that we're still going to look yeah. for Rom. We're still going to look for Rory. People are, I mean, I'm sorry. And I, again, the same stat I saw with the, with the data golf. I mean, JT is like, way out of the top 10 in this stroke in total strokes game in whatever period this was. And yet every week we're like, Ooh, JT, Ooh, JT. Like we never <laughs> say that about Scott Scheffler. Like JT is like this cool, cool golfer who we like think is Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler wins all the time. You know, JT's won twice in the last three years, basically. So um, it, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's kind of this phenomenon. I, I, I guess it is the, the cool factor and um 
Yeah. And I think it's just because these wins are all bunched together. You know, they're not like a steady mm. drip of wins, right? Yeah. It, it Because they all come in these concentrated periods, we all think, well, this can't possibly last. But right. it, it kind of is lasting. It's kind of is lasting. And like, he, you know, he obviously almost won the U.S. Open last year. Obviously, he should have won the Tour Championship. I mean, that was brutal. I mean, I know it was the staggered start and everything, but if he, if he wins that, then at least, like you said, to your point, Luke, at least we can say, well, he did win another time last year. But you're right. He, he took a huge gap till the putter really cooled off. The putter went the ice cold ball. on him last year. Yeah, the ball striking wasn't really, you know. The putter was cold there. this week. The putter yeah. was cold this yeah. week. At Bay Hill, he probably wins Bay Hill. He lost like two strokes putter. Yeah. He wins if he doesn't do that. Yeah. So he, whatever. And he's a hell of a player. Yep. It's obviously not a fluke anymore. If you can, if it's <laughs> last for over a year. Can't be a fluke. Um, and we know that. I mean, he won the U.S. Junior. I mean, this guy has been like a winner every step of the way, obviously. So uh, very impressive. All right. We're talking about power hitters. Uh, we got to talk about the distance, the new distance um, document. Uh, everyone, Luke, bringing you in here because I feel like you got more into the weeds on this than any of us probably. We've known for a while that the USGA and the RNA, golf's governing bodies, have been thinking about addressing the distance, I won't say problem because that's biased, uh, issue in golf. Um, they've come up with these reports. They've, you know, been kicking the can down the road. Um, it finally looks like they're going to do something, Luke, although it won't really start till 2026. So that's a little while from now. But Luke, what what was your, what are your takeaways from this? Were you surprised by anything or is this kind of what you thought was going to happen and should happen? Um, so yeah, so I guess just for reference, basically what they're doing is after years of tiptoeing, right. they're creating a local rule, they're calling it, which basically means that any organization that runs tournaments can adopt this rule, and this rule would change the testing requirements, which would mean the golf ball in practice would probably go between 15 and 30 yards shorter. It's kind of the rough estimate. It's really hard to know because they haven't designed these golf balls yet. But so then they're saying... You know, it's only intended for elite players. So the U.S. Open is probably going to enact this rule, right. and yeah, in, which case, yeah. in which case they have to use this new golf ball, which goes shorter. And Wait, so, hand up here one second. So, uh, and, and Mike Stature was reporting this for us as well. Um, there is a testing mechanism that yes. hits balls, right? Yes. And it was currently swinging at 120 miles an hour. But now it's going to go up to 127. Yes, exactly. And, and, but the overall yeah. distance. So, you know, like just to, um, you know, explain this simply, basically, uh, they, they, the way they test golf balls is they say, okay, we're going to have this, we're going to have this robot swing at 120 miles per hour. And the golf ball can only go a maximum of 317 yards. My numbers may be a little fuzzy here, but right. a maximum of 317 right. yards. Yeah plus or minus a few yards. Right. What they're doing now is they're saying the golf ball can only go, you know, the same distance, but we're going to up the swing speed that the robot swings at, you know? So instead of it swinging at 120 miles per hour and going 317 yards, it's going to swing at 127 miles per hour and it's only going to be allowed to go, you know, right. 317 yards. So in order to have the golf ball go the same distance, have it, having been struck at more speed means you're going to, have to like lessen the golf you're gonna to have to deaden the golf right. slightly right like so that's what so that's how they're doing this they're changing the testing requirements and honestly i kind of agree with the usga on this part where they say 
they're going to change this because it reflects the speed at which like players swing now more um because you know it basically represents the top one percent of top one percent of swing speeds you know so they're upping the speed in order to change this testing process right so so these balls then my question then is like obviously then not every ball that a pro is using is going to have been tested but they're going to make them then to that to those specifications and those are the only balls then that pros will use at tournaments that adopt this local rule so it seems to me like it would be confused it would be very yeah. confusing to ever like actually police this type yeah, of thing I, yeah i mean my, my my take on this right is that i kind of am just like just leave it alone like right. go, like I, that's kind of my personal opinion on just because every time i feel like we look at a way a, a golf rule is enacted or implemented yeah. it gets screwed up in some it's way it turns up. into some ridiculous version of the rule where like you know, DJ standing on the 72nd green, wondering if the ball moved and Lexi right. Thompson this. And it's all these like ridiculous rules on rules on rules that make things so confusing. And now we're going to do that with golf balls and events. And like that to me, just, uh, I just don't know how that's going to get implemented in a clean and, and like feasible way, especially because they're all, these are different governing bodies too. Right. The masters is run by a different person then runs the usga uh, excuse me that runs the us open which runs all the pj tour events like they're all different yeah. Yeah. so the players may hate this which means that the tour's not going to do it i mean live certainly not going to do it but the masters may like it so they may implement it and so now we're going to be in this situation where what's going to happen like is something going to give are people just going to live in this messy reality are we all just going to get on the same page because manufacturers don't want to make two different kinds of golf balls it's yeah. just uh, it's a really, uh, it's a lot of unknowns here, but to me, all I see is just mess. Like, it could be the case where three of the four majors are playing this golf ball, but the players are not using it during the entire rest of the season. And that's, it's so odd to explain to the golf fan. We're in this time yeah. where golf is booming, like Netflix and like all these casual people are watching golf and now, oh yeah, we're going to make the ball go shorter, which is obviously not as exciting to the casual fan. They want to see you know, everyone hit the ball 360 yards. Right. They don't care that these golf courses, you know, are, are not able yeah. to host events anymore. Like, yeah, right. and like part yeah. of it too is not to, I'll get off my soapbox in a minute, but part of it too is that the underlying Ooh, thing here is subjective, right? Like a, a lot of people driving this conversation are saying, we think golf is best when you really slam a drive and it goes 290, you know? Like that's when we believe golf is best. And it's like, okay. I grew up in an era where if a pro really slammed the drive, he hit it 320. Like, that's my personal preference. Right. Some people say that distance is 275. Some new, you know, some kids may say 350. Like, it's all just based on personal preference, yet it's this one little slice of the pie that's right. actually using, <laughs> using the rule to say, this is actually what's good for you. So we're going to do this one. <laughs> and now these, are, these are people who don't know the difference between pga tour and pga of america and now we have to explain <laughs> every year it's giving me a headache thinking about it and i'm glad we had luke on because it's so I, over my head it's it's yeah. insane i know i know and, and to luke's point like part of me when i when i first heard it i'm like oh that sounds like it's good overall because you know eight thousand yard courses and everything else seem silly and seeing guys you know it was i don't know five six years ago i remember dustin johnson doing an interview where he said he didn't hit a six iron um the whole year right 
Uh, I got Hoagie. Hoagie explained it the other day. Was driver nine iron driver? It's it's kind of no, it's kind of ridiculous. So I I do think overall it's better. But to Luke's point, it does seem like it's going to make it even more confusing. Going to be very tough to enforce. You're right. I have a buddy who just got into golf last year and he got into, he was watching full swing and he's texting me the other day. He's like, "Why would the PGA let these guys play in the majors?" And I'm like, "I go, dude. I I don't have time for this." <laughs> Just too much. I can't do it. So you're right. The USGA is just like throwing more wrenches in there to people who are, are trying to figure it out. But I will, and I will say this too, Luke, you're right. Different eras have different standards. And I know, you know, you know, guys on Twitter, Lou Stagner, whoever, they, they, they'll point out that we've been having the same debate now for 50, 60, 100 years even, where mm-hmm. he can find articles from golf digest even well not 100 years ago but articles and papers where they're like these guys are hitting it too far or whatever and now but my point is at some point you do have to do something because again like why you know it kind of seems unfair to the guys now but like in another 100 years i mean just imagine if they don't do anything like you know no i think you have to do something but you're right like i don't know if this is quite the answer or if this is going to cause a little chaos it's also like okay so let's say 15 yards is how much is that yeah. going to save golf 15 minus 15 yards at the top level is that going to be this transformative change that we're looking for i don't think anybody's um, going to be pleased with that and you know the 30, the 30 yards might do it i mean and i know it's maybe. percentage of the guy so if it's like 10 percent um and i and- also think like people are going to get my my part maybe i'm just too cynical with all of this but part of the thing is like, if you just roll it back and it's like, okay, now you hit it 30 yards. That's if everything change, if everything stays the same, all things equal, Roy right. McRoy is now minus 25 yards. Right. But what Roy McRoy is going to do, it's going to take him about five minutes to go dial in, dial in a much lighter golf shaft on his driver to maybe start hitting more draws, to maybe start teeing a bit higher, to start working with his coach. And these guys are so smart. Like suddenly that 25 yards becomes you know 12 yards all Mm -hmm. of a sudden because they're just adapting and doing these little things so i don't know part of me just thinks that and you're also doing this by the way at the expense of um us all playing under these same rules which it's kind of it's i i do actually think that's kind of a cool core tenant of golf here where that instead of bifurcating it that we all are playing on these same set of rules now you're gonna say well you know, you guys are going to play on these rules. You guys are going to play it, under these rules. It is, but Joel, like Joel, our our colleague Joel pointed out today, I thought it was good. I mean, you know, these guys are getting new grooves, new shafts, specifically. To, they're not playing the same equipment we are. They're playing completely <clears throat> custom built for them. Their balls are even different. So it's already a little different. Yeah, and, and- but everything's like, you could say, ah, oh, well, the morning wave guys didn't have wins. So that's bifurcating the competition. Like, you know, everything's, there's those subtle differences here, but we yeah. all have the same rules that we're playing under. I guess. I still think they're playing a different game than us. I'm glad it doesn't touch us. I mean, it seems, it'd be ridiculous to tell Steve, Steve to <laughs> not be able to hit his, his little cut out there. Right. Yeah. I'd be hitting it 160. Worms yeah, I mean, that's, that I'd, I'd love to see Steve with one of these old balls though. Just, just <laughs> oh, it around the place. I've, I've hit one a few times. It It is not pretty. Really? I would not I can't even hit the old drivers, like a driver from yeah, like, 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 the, like the tailor made R seven, which was like mm. the hot drive. Oh. You, if you look at that now, you're like, 
that looks like a five wood that like, you can't even hit it. I mean, so it is kind of ridiculous. No, but Luke, to your point, if those guys do change, well, then good for them. They, they've got skills to be able to adapt and do that. I, I just think it will make, it won't just be all driver wedge, driver nine iron at least, um, which, you know, and by the way, this is going to help the longer guys potentially even yes. more because that 10%, they're still going to be, in range, you know, the green where, where the, the shorter hitter now is really reaching into his bag. So if, as long as you can hit those, you know, seven irons, eight irons, even better than the average person, the longer hitter is still going to come out ahead here. So it's not like you're just, you're just screwing over the long hitters. I think they still have a potential to gain an even bigger edge here. Yeah, so, I think it's going to help them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right. I don't know. I start bumping up against my ceiling of knowledge here. Maybe Stevie can speak to it. But sometimes I think that when we don't even talk about like the course architecture side of this, really, right. you know, what people like is the Royal Melbournes of the world, which does yeah. probably, you know, which probably does need some element of like, like if you're talking about St. Andrew, you probably do need some element of a rollback in order to keep that course relevant because it's a wide open space you know right. wide open plot allowed that needs win but there are courses that exist like a harbor town type or whatever which literally just forces players into hitting certain shots and that right. shot that they force you into hit isn't always a driver it's like right. a three word into this gap and this and so sometimes again i don't i start knowing less and less in this regard but i do wonder like what a creative solution on the architectural front would look like some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think people before St. Andrews last year were like, you know, how are they going to hold up? And, you know, like the 18th holes kind of a joke now. And, you know, other holes also are dramatically influenced by the increase in distance. I think, yeah. In five years time, going back to the old course, what would that have looked like without a rollback? You know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting question. I think, golf course architects can only do so much, you know, only add so much rough. Although we've seen that, you know, only increase the chances of a, a longer hitter. We saw it as Bryson did it at Wingfoot. That's not really how you challenge the best players. It's firm and fast conditions and really challenge them short game wise with, with other things. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's not too many new golf courses being built, you know, like Aaron Hills when they had the U S open a few years back, like, that was an 8,000 yard, an 8,000 yard golf course. And, you know, we, they were still reaching it in two on par fives that were 650 yard holes. So like, you're, you're never really going to be able to limit what these athletes could do. Um, you know, you have to look at other solutions in the architecture field, like, you know, Southern Hills did last year with really firm, fast conditions and the challenging runoffs around green, stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. The next step of this will be interesting. So, you're going to have equipment manufacturers, you know, probably bringing lawsuits because they don't want to have to make a second ball that these players yeah. make. And this, so it's going to take years to kind of settle the dust. So nothing's going to be imminent, I don't think. But um, just what yeah. the sport needed. <laughs> just one more front on the Civil War. Yeah. There going to be a USGA episode, a full swing next next season <laughs> be lit. bring him in the boardroom with all the all over that the yeah. blue blazers yeah. the blazers yeah really interesting yeah yeah myopia hunt is it back in the mix back? <laughs> pine valley 
Is that what everyone's pining for? Yeah, can uh, we go back to Presswick finally? Bring it Pre up. Oh, dude, we need to go back. To oh, Presswick. Go. Back? Myers and I played that. We played it so good. So good. So good. What a place. What a place. <laughs> uh, we think should really be using hickories. I mean, that, oh that's what God. really should happen. Seriously. Dude, they, make yeah, make the uh, manufacturers make some hickories. They'll sell a whole. Everyone will have to have two sets. They're, it's genius. They make so much money off that. Yep. That's the way to go. Uh, there is part of me, just like a, a chaos streak in me, that's yeah. like, you know, if you're gonna do it, do it right. Like, it's just, we're all going back to persimmon. We're all gonna do it right. together. Like, we're all gonna take this plunge together. Yeah, I mean, they could have just they could have just made the driver heads smaller again from the whatever the four sixty. Do do Faldo's idea of banning no tees? No tees. I was. Yeah, no Casas' idea is amazing, where the club just breaks if you just bring it to that. <laughs> what was that? That was Peter that... Costas, dude. I'm trying to. Inter I read that tweet about ten. Luke, I'd seen it before, and then you put it again. And I was like, I read it another like ten times. I'm like, so he means in the middle of the tournament, if this someone be... too hard, the club explode. Like, no. what yeah, is going on? Could you imagine like coming down the stretch, like Scotty Scheffler's yeah. on 15, but he just swings a tiny bit too hard. The golf yeah, club adrenaline. explodes. What's he going to do? He's jacked up. And then he's like, oh, he's screwed. He's, he doesn't have his driver. He's, driver. he's broken two of his clubs. Honestly, it would be unbelievable. I mean, what are we talking about? This sounds great. About. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Now it does sound good. Now <laughs> Or kicking it around a bit. As long as confetti comes out of the club head when it explodes, then I'm it's a girl. <laughs> it's a girl. Yeah. Uh, all right, Luke, we had you on too. We wanted to talk about um, big news. Big news for Luke. Big news because yeah, the biggest news of the week. Breaking news. Oh no, bigger news just oh, happened. Oh what? The Giants? Yeah, Luke's gonna love. Darren oh, Waller. Wow. Darren Waller, baby. Look, got a weapon, up. baby. Got a weapon at tight end no. for Daniel That's Jones. It. Luke, join the bandwagon now. Oh, oh, get on. On. I just am Giants. so excited. Yeah. <laughs> probably join the Jets bandwagon once they get it. Yeah. Right. A bum error. He's an underdog fan. So, <laughs> for the Jets. No, that is big news. In other big news, though, Luke, uh, you have a new podcast, apparently. I, I, no, That's right. News to us. Uh, it hasn't been promoted that great, which is pretty par for the course with us. But <laughs> uh, what, tell us about it. Tell us about it. Yeah, so we're soft launching it. It's called Golf IQ. It's going to be a twice a week column and twice a week podcast, 10 minute episodes, super short. Basically, wow. just like quick, uh, nerdy nuggets of information that hopefully will help you play better golf, right? Like that's kind of that's kind of the goal we're going for. The uh, My perfect situation is if somebody can just throw on one or two of these on their way to the golf course, helps them go play better that day. We don't get too in the weeds with like, swing tips and stuff we're more talking about like how you can actually play better golf right now by just being okay. a smarter golfer knowing what's going on in your golf swing knowing how to navigate your way around the golf course stats that are super important that we should be keeping all that all right. kind of stuff is what we're really focused on very nice all right so golf iq golf iq go check it out yeah check it out awesome very good and also check out luke's uh, videos we were talking about rom before I, I know I've seen the ROM when you've done some of these swing breakdowns that are very good. Um, the John Rom one pops out for me, but those are cool as well. Luke is, is, you know, a swing geek nerd, whatever. I mean, he's, he's also my, my swing coach uh, unofficially. Right. He, he was my official swing coach for 
the best year of my golf life, to be honest. What was that about 10 years ago? Man, Myers was, I'm, I must say, not to blow yeah. too much smoke up your eyes, you were really good that, that season. Thanks. It stands out in the Well, memory. no, but you, again, I give you the credit. You were my butch, my butch Harmon. <laughs> um, the bump, we were, I remember we had the, the Swiss ball in Wilton and we were like bumping into the wall and right. working on the lateral. Right, wow. on your, I tried to block that on, out of my memory. Yeah, on your sequencing. Yeah. It's really good stuff. And um, yeah, so anyway, good stuff, Luke, man. You're, you're, you're killing it. Thank Luke is, you. is the GOAT uh, in terms of golf instruction yeah. knowledge on the internet. Well, C CP forgot about him last week. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, know, I, just, what a I was having such a good day. I was hanging out with my daughter. And I'm like, man, I'm just... I was, I was going to see Travis Fulton later that night. So I was like... Oh, uh, you know. okay. You were in Travis Fulton's mind. Yeah, hey, Travis Fulton's great, but... You Not got a Travis. twin guy on your team and, and you kind of... No, I, I like yeah. it. Just, yeah. you know, makes you work for it a little harder. You That's know? right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> well, keep, keep working, Luke, and we'll let you come back on this podcast. There you go. No, thank you. I'll yeah. read up on my... Uh, I'm sure yeah. this is one of the honors of your of your life. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and just to be able to talk some March Madness too. It's just, right. gets well, me, well, just gets me so amped for the competition, <laughs> you know. Well, before we go... Um, we do have to talk about the Valspar championship. This has been a very lively conversation, I must say. Um, let's get into the Valspar here, guys. Um, we'll keep it quick. Obviously, this is not a designated event. Uh, still a decent, decent field here. Um, you had some late addition. I, I think surprisingly decent. And with JT, Jordan, uh, obviously have two-time defending champ Sam Burns in the mix here. Um, Steve, let's start with you. What 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 are you thinking this week? You just said Sam Burns' name with such excitement. Are you actually that excited about Sam Burns being in <laughs> no, the No, no, I'm just, I, I was, my, my excitement was more on the surprise that he's a two-defending champ. Fair. Because I forgot, I totally forgot about it. He's not playing like a two-defending He's not playing, right, champ. exactly. He's not That's playing. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I would look to fade Mr. Burns in matchups. I will mm. be looking at that keenly. Um, you know, I feel like Tommy Fleetwood was really close last week and I was on him outright at the players at like 90 and he kind of did the Fleetwood thing on Sunday. Again, CP wrote about him. So it might've mushed him a little bit. Um, but you know, that's kind of what Fleetwood does. He, you know, he gets in these spots. I, I think they're all learning experiences. I think this course really fits him. His iron play has actually been really good. If you look at the stats, past six events or so and short game he's he's really good and you got to do that around Innisbrook as you know Myers as a uh you've been to Innisbrook a few times I'm sure your 60 degree magic has really been useful for you here well Fleetwood I think uh that could really translate for him so I think he's the guy at the at the low end of the board I would go with what about UCP interesting um tough tough to to uh, not go with Spieth here, I we watched quite a bit of him myself and Dan Rappaport up close. He was really hitting the ball well at the players. Um, admitted not, that a top. It say it again. That's not the issue hitting the ball. It's no, not at all, not at all. He's but um, this is the place where you can kind of get away without with um, not making many putts. Hence why. My man Gary Woodland has played well here over the years and why I'm betting on Gary Woodland this week. So, um, you know, this is kind of strike it well, hit a bunch of greens, um, and you don't have to putt well. So Spieth, the putter, has been uh, quite cold lately. So maybe this is – and obviously he's one here too. So, um, But I, I'm going with Gary Woodland. 
Davis Riley going going back to him this week. And then I would, you know, again, everything I just said screams Keegan Bradley, but I'm not loving the 22 to one um, number on, on our boy Keegan there. Oof, that's pretty low. Luke, any thoughts? Is any- Sepp Strzok in the field, Luke? Oh, my yeah. king. My king, Dude. Sepp Strzok. Future U.S. Ah, Open dude. champion Sepp Strzok isn't in the field. <laughs> any excuse to bet on Justin Rose, I'll probably donate to the Rose mm-hmm. Fund. 22 at one, I think. But I kind of like uh, Brendan Wu. Saw him at 40. Yeah. He's at 45 to one. Two top, 20, two top 20s in his last two starts. Like I could, you know, he could get hot. He'd maybe a better, better top ten bet than a win bet. But yeah, okay, I like that. Wu action was crazy over the weekend. Dylan Wu was up there. Brandon (laughs) Min Wu. Yeah, Wu just nonstop Wu's from the crowd. It was great. Yeah, Uh, yeah. All all about the Wu's right now. All about the Wu's. Um, any other plays here, or should we do a quick uh, March Madness pick? Oh, yeah, let's see March Madness. Admittedly, that's part of the reason why I came into the city is because I wanted to bet against Fairly Dickinson in the playing games, and you can't do that in New Jersey. You, can't <laughs> you went, New Jersey you went to the office to bet against the New Jersey team. Yeah, to get my twenty dollar uh, Texas Southern bet in. So nice. That's my first play, Texas Southern minus two. I'm just kidding. If my bosses listen to this, not the reason why I came to the office, but maybe a little bit. <laughs> Didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. All right. Who's who's cutting down the nets? Luke, that means they win <laughs> go all the way. They do it at the end of the regional, and then they do it. The champion gets to do it, too. I don't it's even a- know who's in. Is Wake Forest in? No. <laughs> Wake Forest, another mediocre season. Your sports knowledge is – American sports knowledge is solely around Myers. And Wake oh, Forest – Oh, yeah. It's, it's honestly – it's spillover knowledge. That yeah. is the only knowledge I have. I only knew, uh, yeah, no, there's truly can't. I, I, I kind of have aspirations of getting into baseball a little bit, but I just never, yeah, I've yet to happen. So that's that's where I am. World Baseball Classics on right now. Now the, mm-hmm. the, world, the World Cup of Baseball, Luke. Oh, have you checked in that at all? I'm gonna uh, give you a team uh, to England fade. Play? I'm gonna give you a team to fade, guys. I don't know. No. Although I'm sick of hearing about them, and I can't believe that they're actually a thing. I thought they were were done. Uh, underdog story with with John. I know they're becoming like this underdog. It's 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 disgusting. Um, no Purdue because I have a buddy who oh, went yeah. there for grad school, and he was a big fan there growing up. And like I, I just won't shut up about them. And I keep seeing their scores, and he's like telling me they're like this all time great team. No. They are the least impressive number one team maybe in the history of college basketball i know they're not number one right now but they are one seed they they have many games where they score in the 50s they have a huge center who's going to win the player of the year who might not even get drafted he's at the end of the second round on nba draft on net right now they have no nba talent to speak of other than him and yet they're one seed i would be shocked if they made it past the sweet 16 yeah I've I've watched a lot of Purdue the last couple weeks, and yeah, they have Zach Eady, who's seven four, and they yes. just throw it to him, and he like dunks it or easily lays it in. Yes. Last year's team with Ivy was so much much better, so much better. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know, years past they've had much they had better teams. teams this they had one. Yeah. Teams. yeah, Edwards. I mean, that yep. team's great. Um, yeah, I I'm with you. Them. Memphis yeah. could certainly beat them in the second round. Just uh, beat Houston. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's a great call. Definitely. Houston fit. is my pick to win it all, though. I'm going square here. I, I I don't know why. I just, for whatever reason, like, 
they were really good last year. They brought the team back. I do think that means something. I know it's one game and you're out, but I I, I do I like Houston. They have so, they have a couple NBA guys. Um, the injury hurts. The, their point guard is one of their better players, and he's out. But yeah, they have depth. They have depth. And... Well, I didn't know that. So there goes that. There is there a bad, is there a UCLA injury too that happened too? Big UCLA injury. Yeah. Ooh, so, that's, that's, that's also a dagger. Wow. So maybe Purdue is going to win it all. Jeez. No. By the way, with no. Houston, I just thought of it too. You got Nance final mm. March Madness, and he is a Houston alum. That could be. Wow. You imagine that'd be unreal. Stars aligning. There you go. The last the last tie given. One up. shining moment. One, One shining last moment. Shining moment. Yeah. Oh, my daughters are yelling at me. This is unreal. Luke, give me a pick. Who do you like in the college basketball? Oh you, my! You, you just mentioned Wake Forest. You're asking him for a pick. Yeah. Are Syracuse playing? <laughs> the, the Orange Man. Wake Forest not only ended Syracuse's season they ended jim Beheim's career so no he, they are not playing i don't know i don't know what a penn state playing steve <laughs> they are they, they, they are there we go so and they almost beat purdue in the big 10 oh That's no way purdue they is. almost beat purdue crazy wow all right stevie i'll ride with stevie then all right no, we're not betting penn state and <laughs> he's not even he's not even betting on his own team no yes <laughs> Three, three bets that I'm going to give the people. Uh, Arizona State in the play-in game over Nevada. Nevada shouldn't be in this tournament. Arizona State deservedly in. Go with them. Arkansas over Purdue. Purdue, and uh, not Purdue, Illinois. Arkansas over Illinois, 8-9. Arkansas has the stars. Illinois, kind of hot and cold. Um, and Marquette, you could bet them to get to the Final Four. Or, no, I'm sorry, the Sweet 16 at minus 140. They have a pretty easy path there, and that's not a lot to to lay minus one forty. So, I th- I feel like Marquette to get back to MSG. By the way, CP, um, where they just right. had a great Big East run. Um, Shaka Smart, great tournament coach, and you know, <clears throat> the MSG is hosting Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight this year. I'm, I'm going to go that Thursday because that's going to be so lit. And Kentucky might be there too because that's the East region. So. Those are those are my bets so far. I'm uh, I got nothing. Wow. This is sad. this is this is the least I've known and um I, I'm very excited for it. Once Thursday starts, I'll I'll bet on teams I've never watched this year, players I've never heard of, but uh I mean I've listened to hours of content already. I will listen to more hours of content you know betting wise uh west virginia as well that's the first game everyone's going to want to bet the first game of march madness it's west virginia against maryland west virginia a two-point favorite right now maryland is a decent team this year our guy kevin willard from seton hall but they don't really win on the road and so this is a different environment for them so west virginia has been surging the end of the year they're only giving two they're the higher seed but giving two vegas is telling you something so there you go. That's that's another pick. That's five. Five winners. Wow. You've been giving a lot of picks. Yeah, I'm with CP. It's the least I've known. I get into it because of Wake once they miss the tournament, like always, um, kind of off it. But um, anyway, it should be fun. I'll get into it, I'm sure. Um, golf, basketball should be a good weekend. Anyway, good times. Uh, thanks again to Luke for filling in uh, for for David Duvall. Uh, we will hopefully get <laughs> David Duvall. 
next week for a full, more full interview. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks as always to our producer, Greg Gottfried. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Check back next week. And again, hopefully we get David Dubois. See you. Woo! Lou, thanks, buddy. Thanks, Lou. Thank you. This is, that was fun. We will awesome. plan out the next time we have you on the list. Yeah. yeah. Next time David Duval cancels, just let me know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> next week. Stay tuned. Someone will cancel at some point. That's for yeah. sure.